revolution is happening. Moms around the world are discovering how to run their own successful online business from home, giving them more time with their family and the freedom to create the lifestyle of their dreams. These women are mompreneurs. And this is the Mompreneurs Online Podcast. Here's your host, Fiona Lewis. Hi, it's Fiona Lewis here, your host for the Mumpreneurs Online podcast, and welcome back. Today, we have a very, very special guest. This is a man that I met recently, only about four weeks ago. His name is Dale Elliott, and Dale and I met at a business event where Dale was one of the guest speakers. During this event, uh, we were asked to uh, sit down and write down our vision and our goals for where we wanted to take our business. And Dale came up to the table where I was and asked if anybody wanted any help. And I just felt at that moment that I needed to put my hand up. And we went away and, and sat down and had a bit of a conversation. And within the space of about 10 minutes, Dale gave me something that was the most powerful and had a incredible impact on the way I was viewing my world and viewing my life. And what he's going to share with you today is a little bit about what he, he shared with me on that day and revolves around the whole concept of being present. And this is something that I have taken on board from Dale and I've applied it not only to my business life in order to improve the way I function and my productivity and the way that I relate to my clients and to my colleagues, but also it's had an incredible impact on how I am as a mother. Um, because we all know as mums and as business owners, life can get pretty hectic. And this is the thing that I spoke to Dale about. I said, look, Dale, you know, at times I really, really struggle because I've got so much going on in my head. I'm, I'm thinking about how to keep the family going, keep the house in order, keep my business going and build it at the same time. And that was something I was really, really struggling with. And this beautiful golden nugget that Dale gave me was so valuable that I knew right then and there that I had to ask this man, this incredible man, to come and share with us his incredible insights. So, Dale, I'd love to welcome you to our podcast and thank you so much for giving us your time. You know, Fiona, there's no better way to start a morning than with an intro like that. <laughs> That's wonderful. Oh, look, it comes from the heart, Dale. And before we even <laughs> before we even started recording this podcast, like usually I'll have, you know, something written down of, to introduce somebody. But for you, I felt it was important to speak from the heart because you really have had a massive impact on me in, in the space of four weeks. And it might seem just a little thing that you shared with me, but to me it was just massive. Um, but look, just to introduce yourself a little bit more, Dale, um, I was wondering if you could just share a little bit about who you are and, and your journey. Absolutely. Look, 10 years ago I was, I had my head absolutely in the clouds and possibly in a good way. Um, I was a commercial pilot flying um, between Adelaide and Melbourne and uh, I was doing um, freight runs for uh, for Toll Express, and I had an airline career all planned out for myself, perfectly planned out. And I thought, when I get my airline job and my wife and I move to Brisbane, we're going to buy this massive big house and everything's going to be fine, and we'll have some children and we'll be able to go on awesome holidays overseas and all of that type of stuff. I mean. What woman wouldn't want to be married to an airline pilot and have heaps of money, right? So my wife was happy, I was happy, and um, things were going along pretty well. And then I went for a ride on a motorbike. And at a certain time along that journey, I left the motorbike seat and ended up on the ground. And when I hit my back on the ground, 
um, it broke a whole heap of bones and damaged my spinal cord um, bad enough that I can't feel anything from about my belly button down now. So I can't move my legs or anything like that. So that's a, a life-shattering as well as a vertebrae-shattering moment. But it's also a mind-shattering moment. And the funny thing is, is that my injury never got any worse from that day and it never got any better. Um, so for nearly 10 years now, I've been in a wheelchair. But the thing that had to get better for me to find fulfillment and not be so you know, angry and frustrated with the world is that I've had to learn how to manage this up here. Mm -hmm. And so I've been working on that a lot. And as you saw at Dale Beaumont's um, session, Fiona, um, I found myself in some places that I never knew that I would be. Again, I didn't know I'd be here talking to you doing this podcast. Had no idea. And is it good? Absolutely. It's wonderful. Last night, my son burnt his lip um, because he pulled the heater out of the uh, PowerPoint and decided to put the plug near his lip. Wow. Now, now I didn't know that was going to happen. And so... I thought last night I was going to have plenty of time to do work on my computer, but no, I had to sit near him for two hours with cold flannels on his lip because he burned his lip. I didn't know that was going to happen. But the whole time I remained present during that. Now, normally I wouldn't. Normally during that I'd be frustrated. I'd be, ah. So these techniques help you deal with that. But they also help you deal with seeing business opportunities. They help you um, become a better partner, a better friend. Um, just have a more enjoyable life. Actually, the life that we were built here to enjoy, you're put here to enjoy really and built for. Mm. Um, and there's been this over thousands of years of evolution. I don't know if it's because we haven't given our minds the right things to do, but, geez, they've taken over and they really do create mayhem for all of us. Yeah. Um, so now I'm studying psychology at university because I realise I want to put some professional angle on on what I do as well and, and learn a lot. And I love doing research and university is a great platform for that. So some of you listening to, to this today might even want to put your hand up to be some research participants in future. So we'll keep in mind with that. Yeah. But you're not just studying at university, though. You've been working very closely with somebody who has a lot to say on this topic, Eckhart Tolle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I was fortunate enough to have a video, well, a Google Plus hangout with Eckhart Tolle, and, and I was talking one-on-one -on -one with Eckhart, and um, he's very interested in how children brought up in our societies and how quickly their minds get very busy. And my question to Eckhart was about um, children and when can they start identifying a, a constant um, cycle of thoughts that go through our mind and people listening today you'll know that your mind's always very busy mm. uh, most people say if only I could shut it up for a moment that would be wonderful and um, but we don't know how to do this and it would be wonderful to know ourselves how to do this so we can teach our children how to do it because then they could be 30 40 years in front of us and uh, you know I know my teenage years and my early 20s and early 30s are very mind noisy very loud in my mind and I don't know how many years I wasted wondering and thinking and stressing about things that didn't really matter but I had no concept of working out what mattered and what didn't yeah. and so to be able to teach my son I've got a four-year-old boy his name's Jaden and um, I teach him some of these techniques that we can you know cover today and um, he gets it it's you know kids will learn anything that you want to teach them they're mm. sponges they suck it all up so this is something he really appreciates. Yeah, yeah. Mind, I mean, you, you introduced me to the whole concept of mind noise on the day that you and I sat down. And, I mean, obviously it's a great word. It describes exactly what it is. But, you know, can you maybe 
explain a little bit further for people who haven't heard of this term? Absolutely. So what we normally have in our minds every day from the moment we wake up and just, you know, you're listening to this today, think about the morning that started this day off that you're listening to this and think how quickly your mind kicked into gear and started telling you all the things that you need to do um, in some haphazard random way. Even if you had a list of things alongside your bed that you picked up and you went, this is what my day is going to do for me and this is what I'm going to get out of it, that would be handy, wouldn't it? But we don't do those type of things. We normally go to bed with a busy mind mm-hmm. that stops us from going to sleep and we most of the population that is running their own businesses suffer sleep onset latency, which is they get into bed and they, they want to go to sleep. That's their purpose, but they just can't. They can't switch off their mind. The house is quiet. Everyone else is asleep. You're tucked up nice and warm. You're tossing and turning with this brain that won't shut up, okay? So if you've ever had that, then you know what I'm talking about. And let's take that mess, that constant thinking out of your mind and put it on paper. And this is sort of what it looks like, this jumbled mess. It would be nice if our thoughts sort of entered our mind, we could process it, throw around some ideas, and then let that thought leave with some action attached to it. And then the next one comes in and we do the same thing and it leaves. But we don't get that linear. We get more of this where it's very random because life is random. You don't, like I said, you don't know. I didn't know my son was going to burn his lip. I didn't know I was going to end up in a wheelchair. I didn't know today was going to be the type of weather it is. And you know, there's a whole heap of random things that happen all the time. And so that's why we can't do this. It's just impossible. And recent research has shown in psychology that by monitoring very sensitive brain waves, we can actually pick up brain waves before they become a thought, a conscious thought. So they originate from somewhere in our mind and then they travel to our awareness and then we see them and we start thinking about them and on they go. So what's beyond our thought? Where does thought originate from? It's, it's something that science hasn't even worked out yet, and it's really quite amazing. Um, but many philosophers over the years, you know, hundreds and thousands of years, have, have really focused in on the absurdity of this. Mm. Um, one of my favourite philosophers is Blaise Pascal. In doing philosophy at university, he he's a very was a very smart man back in the 1600s, and he he invented the the uh, process of hydraulics and um, atmospheric pressure and stuff. And he died at 39, so he didn't live for a long time. But he made a, a big con- contribution to science and also um, to thinking. And he wrote a number of papers on it. His quote that I really um, get the most out of is this one, all of humanity's problems stem from man's inability to sit quietly in a room alone. And by quietly, it doesn't mean with no ambient noise, no trucks coming past or kids screaming or anything like that. It's um, about a quiet mind. So it really is something. He said all of mankind's problems, all of humanity's problems come from this inability to, to focus and quiet this down. So... If you're looking for the carrot, Fiona, to dangle, there's a, that's a pretty big one. Let's start yes. mankind's problems. And, of course, we need to be objective too. Is Blaise Pascal correct on saying this? Is it right? Well, many people, you just think about it in your own lives because that's where I think it matters the most. If we can apply this type of thing to ourselves first and everyone did it, 
when you met someone down the street, when you went into a shop and asked for some service, when you get home and you're talking to your spouse about a problem or you get home and they tell you about a big problem, what would you rather discuss and talk to? Who would you rather be communicating to? This version of them or some other version of them, a deeper version of them? You know, and um, so if you're interested in this, if you say sorry to Mark, or if you regret your actions of the week every Sunday night and go, right, this week's going to be better because last week was horrible, then this is going to be really good for you to start looking at during your life. And it takes a while to get your head around. I say you've had enough years of suffering from this. Suffering is a strong word because we, we normally associate suffering with, with physical pain and sort of real down in the dumps. Suffering is a very strong word to use, isn't it? Yeah. But, you know, let's snap ourselves out of it and say, yes, we have suffered enough living this way. Let's give something else a go. What have we got to lose? Mm. If it doesn't work for us, well, we can go back to this. But how about just giving it a go for a few months and and changing the way you think? Yeah. And I think because most of us have never known anything different, we just accept that, you know, this constant mind noise is just par for the course. And I mean, I've seen some incredible statistics, Dale, about marketing and the amount of marketing messages even that are reaching our brains on a daily basis compared to even five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And, you know, the the many, many thousands of marketing messages that are now being shoved into our brains and even complicating that mind knows even further. It's no wonder that so many of us are walking around feeling stressed and distracted and finding it difficult to be present in whatever we're meant to be doing. Yeah, and, um, you know, you look at some uh, great business writers. I mean, Seth Godin's one of my favourite yes. books. But, I mean, he talks about, in, in his book, Lynchpin, he talks about a similar thing. He uses a term called the lizard, um, the lizard, lizard, isn't he? lizard brain, yes. All way of thinking about things and it's really the repetitive way he says don't let the lizard brain stop this don't let it tell you to do this and it's a very similar concept so linchpin's a great one and he for business people he really nuts it down into saying that there's something that you do in your business that is uniquely you um it's an ability that you've got to uh, to uncover your creativity your passion, your energy, the spark that sets you off, that because of your very unique upbringing and your unique past and your history and the way you see things, that's a unique skill that you have that operates in a very unique environment. You find that environment that needs that skill and you find the people that are happy to pay for that skill, then you become the linchpin. I think it's a very good concept to use in business because what you just said about the advertising, Fiona, and how we're inundated and bombarded with advertising, are you doing that to your clients? Anyone listening, are you bombarding people with this? Because if you are, there's a good chance that people are going to start pushing this stuff away. I think it's the final challenge for humans on the planet at the moment to really start looking at this we've got everything else we've got broadband we've got satellite communications where we've got space orbiting stuff and we've got everything from mris to stem cell research and things like that going on we can go and buy any food from any country by driving from our houses most of the time 10 or 15 minutes we've really got a lot we've got good education system in Australia, we're really very spoiled. So 
what's the, the next frontier that we should really be looking at? And I think this is a really great one. Keep doing what you're doing in your business, but do it with this. You'll see another dimension coming. Yeah. I think Poke the Box and Meatball Sunday by Seth Godin as well. They're really great um, uh, books too. And um, if people are, are into books, get them as audio books because he narrates his own books and he you get some added bits in there. He frequently um, leaves his text. Um, you would be in a sound booth recording this stuff and he's leaving this um, his book and freestyling. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's when I think you'd probably get an even deeper insight into what he talks about. Fast track the success of your online business. Download Fiona's free e-course, The Three Big M's, the three biggest mistakes that most women make with their online business and how you can avoid them. Go to mumpreneursonline.com now. So, look, we've, I think we've established now that there's, there's an issue. Okay, we've, we've, so many of us have got this issue with, with having this mind noise. And on the day that you and I sat down, you shared with me a couple of very powerful techniques. But since then, you're, you've actually done a live Skype appearance at Ultimate Web Blueprint, which was our Sydney event. And uh, you'll be coming back down to Melbourne. And you shared some other techniques as well, which I, I absolutely adored. So I'm just wondering now if you could share for our podcast listeners some of the strategies you suggest in overcoming or dealing with this issue of being so busy in your head and not being able to be present. Absolutely. So I'll do that. So Okay, so let's have a look at um, what are some strategies, and I'll go a little bit more into what this mind noise really is, and uh, then I'll show you some strategies to start identifying it and start eliminating it, okay? So I drew a picture up here of all of this messy stuff, and I put some black dots in here as well, and let's take one of these black dots, and let's call it a common problem that people have. Let's just say I'm not making enough money. I don't know if that's very common, but I think it is from my experience. <laughs> so let's expand this dot and let's, let us see that when we start thinking about the money that we don't have, this thought enters our mind and around it goes. It says something like, I don't have enough money. I wonder how I can make more. I wonder who. So, and then it, it keeps thinking and it goes around, I wonder if I could do this. No, that's not going to work because I've tried it. Oh, but then again, I haven't tried it this way. So for a second, our thought might bubble out into something that's sort of creative, something that might be, you know, helping us. I'll just put a little question mark in there. I'm getting to the top of the screen too, so I'll just yes, move this. I was just about to say that. Thank you. Going up too high. Um, and then you sort of get back on track again and you sort of come back down and the thought keeps going around and, it takes a very similar course to the thought that you had about money only 10 minutes before <laughs> or even a day before or even a week before. And once your mind's finished torturing you, it seems to leave that thought behind and then the thoughts go, your mind goes on to the next one. So what we want to do is start identifying what some constant cycles of thought are that people have. So it's pretty easy for people to rattle off, you know, three or four of these things. Common ones are, you know, that money one. Another one is um, health, their own health. Oh, I'm, I'm not eating the right foods. I'm not getting enough exercise. I know I'm not. And you'll normally go into that one, giving yourself a hard time, justifying why you can't do it, justifying all the great other things that you're doing, why you're not taking care of yourself. 
And you'll go around in that circle of thought a similar way and you'll normally leave it at the same time. And that's why for many months or even years, we don't move on the things that matter because we allow our thoughts to go around in the same way and leave at the same time. So health is another one. Bringing up children or kids that have left home and are coming back all the time or other people's problems, oh, I wonder, I hope that they're going to be okay. I hope, you know, we're always worrying about other people too. So there might be someone that you worry a lot about. It could be a child at school that's being bullied or a child that is having trouble with their teachers or things like that. So that could be one of these things. And so what you can do while you're listening to this is just have a think about, yet yeah, what are the things that are the scourge of my mind that always pull me in? Also, have a look at people in your life and see if you can see any of these constant cycles of thought that someone else has in the family. Because by identifying um, something that someone else has, uh, like teenage girls have always got, um, well, not always, but a lot of them, a, a cycle of thought around their image and their popularity, and it's a big deal. So if you can see that in your daughter um, or someone else's daughter or you you understand that, then you know what I'm talking about, okay? Yes. So identity is yourself. It's really important because what we want to do then is go through our day normally and then when we realise we're in one of these thoughts, we go, aha, I'm in one of these thoughts that Dale told me to look at. Um, so writing them down, you know, one, two, three, four, just four of them on a piece of paper right now, if you paused this and did that, would be really good, okay? Because you're telling yourself, yes, this is something I've identified. And so once you've written them down and you're going through your day, it's amazing, you will catch yourself out. Might not be the first time you think of it, might be the second or the third, but you will do it. You won't do it if you don't do it right now, I guarantee you. If you don't think about this at all, continue suffering that way. Um, but once you've picked out the first one, then what do we do about it? Oh, I've got it. I've got it. Then you can start asking yourself some questions whilst you're in that. You can pull the reins of the horse up and you can say, oh, 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 hang on. Does this really matter? And watch your brain go, oh, yes, of course it matters, you idiot. Uh, 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 uh. Does it really matter? And keep questioning just from an inquiry. It might really matter, but from doing it, from taking control of your mind, taking control of that thought process and tasking it, you'll see a different answer comes out and you just know it feels different. There's a more honest, there's, there's honesty to it. There's like a deeper side of you's got a chance to get in there and contribute to this problem that you might be thinking about all the time. And we, we don't allow that deeper wisdom in ourselves to come out enough, nearly as no, enough as what we want. Um, you've had it happen in your life when this has become such a scourge that you've said stuff, ah, stop, just shut up, stop, now. So we have that. We have that conversation with people when someone's going off at you and you say, ah, Dr. Evil style when Scott's trying to tell him, but no, zip it, zip it, subtitle, zip it, you know. We want to tell that to our constant thoughts, zip it, just wait, just watch. Now, if you've ever done any meditation, you're quite a long way along um, in your knowledge of identifying thought because meditation, traditional forms of meditation, focus on your breathing, then become aware of mind activity and just watch the mind activity. 
And we don't want to judge things. We don't want to judge things as good or bad when we're watching our mind activity. We've really got to take like a, a, um, a perspective of, hmm, let me see without any emotional attachment to things. So when we're looking at a constant cycle of thought and we're starting to feel ourselves get quite unhappy, ah, look, look at me getting unhappy. So you be- become separate to the mind and you become this watcher, okay? So let's have a look at how you're going to be able... That, that's one way, is entering the moment, the, the present moment of your thoughts by catching constant cycles of them, okay? So that's one method. So I suppose what you're saying is you're becoming aware that the first, first stage is really become aware of what's going on in your mind. Becoming yeah. aware. You can control it rather than it controlling you, which it's pretty much been doing all your life with that little voice that talks to you in, in that way that you know. It gets your attention all the time. It makes every thought so important. Even when you're doing important things, this random thought comes up and all of a sudden you'll be off over the other side of your office printing or photocopying or, or you know, doing something that, that is totally useless. You might even have some scissors in your hand cutting around. What am I doing? You know, because you're reacting to one of these and you haven't trained yourself not to react to everything. You know, it would be wonderful to be able to click your fingers, be able to do this on every single thing, become a critical observer of everything you do. But that's not realistic and that's not what I think works. It just doesn't work. Let's look at two or three, four things in your life that does cause you suffering from repetitive thoughts and never really getting anywhere. Those things are probably a waste of time. Um, Stop yourself mid-thought. Ask yourself some deeper questions. Does it really matter? See what happens. See if a cycle stops earlier than what it used to before you go on again. If so, that's a good thing. Also, you might find actually, yes, it does matter. And then you've given yourself the opportunity to problem solve rather than just suffer. Mm. Problems are different than suffering. Problem solving is an active involvement. And the mind loves getting a problem to solve. If I gave anyone a problem to solve, one plus one, or more than that, even more complex than that, it loves it. It, it attaches so quickly and off it goes. Mm-hmm. So that's what we do. Turn it from suffering into something that matters. If it is a problem, let's have a look at solving it. If it's not, let it go and just be in that moment. It's a very powerful thing to start doing. So moving on from that, another technique is to use post-it notes like this and just draw some eyes and a little face. And you can see just on the edge of the face, the lips just turned up because that's a little bit more of a pondering attitude and that's what we want. We don't want really happy and we don't want sad. We want just a post-it note like that. A whole heap of them scattered around your house is really good. I've got one here on my computer and uh, I leave that on my computer screen. When I finish talking to Fiona, I'll put this on my computer screen and I won't do anything else at all on my computer unless I'm present. It's a waste of time. It's probably going to be that controlling me. Yes. You find that you'll instantly have so much more time in your life. So is this, this uh, little what, little face with the lips is similar to what you had me put on my phone with just the words be present? Yeah. It's just and- a little visual reminder. I'm just going to show for those of you watching the, um, the actual video of this. I'm not sure yeah. if we can see it. Oh, it's not going to show up. On mine, I've just got that little face. Yeah. Now we can see yours, Fiona. Be, be present. Be present. And you know what? I've had this on my phone for four weeks now, and it's made me aware of how often I was picking this device up when I was supposed to be 
talking with people, at dinner with people, um, working, whatever, I'd pick this device up to go check it, to check for emails or Facebook or whatever, and it stops me. And I, I would imagine having that little face on my computer screen when I'm meant to actually be doing something other than being on the computer is it's going to have the same effect. Yeah, and um, I've found that when people realise this is good for them, the biggest problem that they have, the most common problem out there when people start practising this is remembering to do it. Yeah. The validity of it, absolutely. Dale, I'm with you 100%. This is a scourge for me. And I see it in my husband or I see it in my wife or I see it in anyone else. It's a scourge. Very quickly. Want it very quickly. Well, the biggest problem you're going to have is not being able to remind yourself to do it because you're in it. And this doesn't want to be out of your mind. It wants to stay in control. So um, having things like that on the phones is a really great way because most people that are business people have smartphones and they're on them all the bloody time. Now, I just did a, a full day session on this down in Melbourne on Saturday, which is about five, six days ago. And I had uh, 16, I think 16, 17 people there in a room. And it was in a, a U shape. And I got all the people on the left-hand side and all the people at the end and all the people on the right-hand side to get their phones out and stack them up. So they're sort of on top of each other like that. They're all flat these days, so they stack up quite nice. And I call it a phone tower. We're going to make a phone tower. So that table made a phone tower with about five or six, and the other side did as well, and the other side did as well. And I said, now, you're not allowed to take your phone out of this phone tower for the whole time that we're here. Oh, my God. You the separation anxiety. It was violence. It was, you bastard. I had people leaning over to Dale, come here, um, I've got like a very sick daughter and you, you can't do this. This is my lifeline to life. You know, you can't, I didn't know we were going to be doing this exercise and I don't agree with it. I don't see the use of it. And I said, too bad, leave it there. And people were really angry, really angry, which was great because I showed them how quickly their mind noise came in about something. And fast forwarding to the end of the day, when we finished the whole day and we finished this wonderful um, meditation type exercise, just to, to finish and wrap it all up, I said, okay, and from now you can at last grab your phones. And nobody moved. Everybody looked at them and went, no, I don't need to right now. That's so really powerful. It's, I mean, because the attachment is huge. And then I got them to take, when they did get their phones, got them to take photos of, of a message like that, of, you know, whatever works, become the watcher, be present's a good one, just some eyes like I've got, just some eyes. And, yeah, you're one of many, Fiona, that has said it makes me realise how many times I pull this out. Yeah. Also, it can make you realise how attached you are to a device, to a, an object for for giving you approval to be happy or sad about things in life. Because normally you'll go, oh, I wonder if good news has come in or I wonder if bad news has come in. And you'll outsource that to your phone and you'll go, right, this phone will tell me. Okay, And that's not a good thing to do because... You're just making it up. You don't know whether there is good or bad on your phone. It's just a guess. We don't know if there's good or bad in every day that's coming. It's just a guess. How good a guesser you want to be or how biased you are in what you get attached to today will be great because I've worked out a great way to trick my mind into dreaming up greatness. Yay. And I'll get great emails today from everyone. And that's going into the mind noise. That's going into this unchecked style of thought. And what we've got to do is start our day off with, hmm, I am here, I have things to do, and the world will go on, and there'll be random things that will come into my day that I have no idea about, and I can't get uptight about them, 
if they take me away from my preconceived ideas, my my plan, because my plan is obviously wrong because it is not accounting for the true things that are actually happening. My version of events is false because it's just a guess. And the true things are the things that really happen. There's no parallel universe. We can't not like this life and jump into another one or jump into the one on the other side. We can't do that. There is no future ever. There is absolutely no future. It's only even when in future we're only living that moment in the present. The problem is with we never get to the place that we think we're going to get to. We're only ever right here. And even physicists will say that, yes. Nothing is where it is before as you know, before it gets there. And it's a little bit of a mind funk, but this is the basis of how we get attached so much to the future and to better things coming. And we don't think that we can allow ourselves to be happy in the present moment. And by getting your phone out and going, oh, I hope that when I open my phone, unlock it, go to my inbox, refresh it, that there's good news there. We are telling ourselves it's okay to project even 10 seconds into the future. And we want to get away from that. We want to get away from that old habit because that old habit runs with this old habit of constant thoughts and with many habits that aren't serving you very well at all. You know, I have that many mums that are busting their bum and doing a great job at being mums, yet they think they're terrible at it. Now, who's telling them that? And what preconceived ideas do they have that they're not meeting because they've allowed their minds to project a different version of the future than the one that they're actually in? So it's really rather silly. There are absolutely things you can do to become a better mum, but giving yourself a hard time about it when it's not justified is, is something that we do a lot. Yeah, look, I mean, mother guilt is one of the, the biggest things that uh, that we try and deal with. Oh, I didn't but, know you had little things hidden underneath there. I just drew these up before we started. So so some of the places that you can stick these stickers, okay? The cheapest place, place I've found are buy post-it notes, and post-it notes are good because they actually have the glue on the back. The other cheap ones don't have very good adhesive. That's why they're 10 times more expensive. But Big W, I found, have got the, the cheapest, right? And I've got some that are all different colours, and you need different colours and different things. Sometimes even turning them on an angle and having them as a diamond shape can be enough for you to see it because what's going to happen when you have these around your house, when you put, put some of these, put one on the ceiling of your roof in your bedroom, on the left and the right and on your bed head, at the foot of your bed on the wall. So no matter which way you're looking around your room, there's these little eyes looking back at you saying, are you present? Yes. Where, is, where is your mind right now? If nothing else, it makes you think about how busy it is, which is a great awakening process. So the bedroom is a great place to be. In your car when you're driving, if you drive a lot, um, people are suffering hip way hypnosis at colossal amounts these days, driving along, mind going on, and they go, Did, was that red light? Was that green light? So highway hypnosis is really bad. It's really getting stuck in all of this while you're driving along. So by being present, um, don't stick it in your windscreen. <laughs> windscreen. <laughs> Accident, um, you would be. So your car's a great one. Even if you can remember is, you know, your uh, sun visor, get one of these big ones and stick one on your sun visor when you get out of your car uh, and stick it there. So when you go and do your, your work and you get back in your car again, it's there. And it reminds you to start the car in presence. It reminds you to be in your car consciously. That's just a good stopping place in life, okay? So car, stick one on the side of your television, which is great for the whole family to start what's that for you know what's and you can tell them about it 
you can watch TV with a lot of this going on and TV can put a lot of that into your mind, especially advertising, but you can also take control of TV watching and do it with presence. So you know when you need to watch a TV show and you say, I like this program, so I'm going to watch it because I like to. I'm not going to watch it because I've, I'm addicted to this. Like without it, I can't find my way in life. If you'd like to become a mompreneur and spend more time at home with your family thanks to a successful online business, then we can help. Join the Mentoring Moms Membership Program, Mentoring Moms membership program. and access a full range of step-by-step videos and supporting training materials. The Mentoring Moms Membership Program is an online business blueprint just for moms. To find out more, go to mentoringmomsonline.com. One of the things that I find I really hate having in our home, Dale, and I, I, I know at times I really have to put my foot down, is when someone's watched something and then they walk away and the TV's just on in the background. And as a family, you're trying to sort of get on and, and, and get busy and do things, do homework and or have dinner, and there's this noise. And to me, that's when I fear, feel that the mind noise is just incredibly loud because you've got this constant bombardment from the TV as well. So... I'm very, very strict in our house that if you're not actually sitting there watching and being present with the TV, it is off. So putting a big question mark or a big set of eyes on the TV in the middle of the screen and the rule is no one's allowed to turn this TV on unless they have a a real solid purpose for doing it. Mm. I watch this on the Olympics or there's a program that interests me and I'm going to be here. We don't want to allow the TV to take over that it's just meeting a need because we can't handle being with ourselves quietly in a room alone, like Blaise Pascal said. If you find yourself bored, oh, bored, 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 oh, no, I'll just turn on the TV, um, you're allowing this to practice itself and get stronger and, and embed itself in your life even more. Um, so the TV is a, a big one to start focusing on because most houses have got more than one TV and more than one TV on at any time. If you've got kids, they have their room with their TV on and you're in the kitchen with the TV on or something. So cut it out or just start watching it more with presence. You'll find that it won't be on as much. And when it is on, you get more out of it anyway. So the TV is a good one. Thanks for that, Fiona. It's a good point. And on your phone, we've, we've crossed that one about putting something on your phone on your lock screen. And um, I'm working on an app at the moment that just randomly wakes people up to their mind noise at, at different times. Make sure you let us know when you've got that ready, Dale. Yeah, absolutely, because it's just an extra thing. It's uh, If you're going to be interrupted by all of this, well, you might as well be interrupted. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Have you been interrupted today? Yes, this is one of them. Well, good. It's uh, Okay, so let's have a look at, at becoming the watcher of our thoughts. That's a practical way of, of remembering when to do it um, and and. We need to become the watcher of our thoughts um, at all times of the day. A lot of people, when they start doing this, they only start becoming the watcher of their thoughts when things are really bad in their life. And when things are going really great, like they get something for free, okay? They go into a shop and someone says, oh, by the way, here you go. Here's something extra. Oh, wow. And they get really excited about it or they just feel chuffed. Or you might, someone, you know, you might win some money very rarely. You might get a result back from some test or assessment or some feedback from someone, a customer, that makes you feel really great. Like what Fiona said right at the start of this, she made me feel really great. And, and I'm aware 
that I don't let this get in and judge it all and stuff it all up, okay? I'm aware that the mind noise doesn't come in. Eckhart Tolle would call this also the egoic side of us, the side that's always searching for more, the side that's never happy just being. And so the egoic side of me might hear a testimonial a different way than the wiser side of me. And so we, we need to watch minds all the time, all the time, not just the bad ones, okay, because it can practice manifesting and um, getting your attention in the good times and then it makes it harder for you to switch off when it is in the bad times. So you have to have a, a broad practice sort of routine across your whole life, okay? Just because you're, you're Sally Pearson and you're a great hurdler doesn't mean that you shouldn't also work on all the parts of your body, okay? And that's what we're doing here with, with, with practicing presence. Even making a simple coffee I've got written here. Making a coffee. You've ever made a coffee and it's tasted really good and then you go, how did, how did why did I use the same milk, same jar, same everything and this one tastes great. Wow, I've nailed it. And you get a little bit excited. Then you get sort of depressed that you can't do it all the time either. So just... <laughs> You know, even that is a great way to watch this manifesting. And when you're making the next cup of coffee, um, if you can remember, stick one of these on your coffee jar. So uh, I'm going to make this coffee with presents. I should put microwave in there too because that's a good one. People use microwaves a lot at home. What's the average time, Fiona, you've found that you put things in the microwave for? What's the most common time? Well, I don't actually use a microwave anymore, but I, when I did, it would be between 30 seconds to a minute probably. A minute, great. So when you put something in for, say, a minute and you hit counting down and it's running in the background, what do you normally do? Great. Go off and do something else. Yes. Well, you can do things with presence too. It doesn't mean when you are aware of your mind noise that you stop doing you become incredibly present. You become incredibly aware of what you're doing. So for that one minute that it's running in the background, if you go back to cutting up carrots or going down the end of the house, do it with presence for at least that minute and see how you go. When it goes beep, 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 oh, then come back to the um, microwave. You'll see this on your microwave door. Critique yourself. How did I go? Out of that one minute, how long did I stay present and then at what point was it about 20 seconds in that I lost it? But you'll see that's just another place that you can start practicing becoming the, the, the master of your own thoughts. Very simple. And the good times too, and I mentioned about that. So on Saturday, I'm going to go and see some friends I haven't seen for um, about six months. Who's ever had that happen? They're, they're my best friends, but I haven't seen them for six months. Hands up. Yes, it happens a lot. <laughs> but I know that when I'm there with them, this will be gone. And my presence will bring the whole household into a greater depth of presence. My wife's presence, because she practices this too, and even my little boy, Jaden, practices this too. So three of us going into a noisy household of my friend's place with heaps of stuff going around, stressful jobs, two teenage girls, hello. The only people that have got more mind noise than adults than us listening to this are teenage girls. God whoa. And I was talking to uh, a private school in Adelaide the other day, 800 girls in the in the room and you can sense this it's flowing down the, the aisles you know it's just everywhere so they really got this so uh good times too you've mentioned fiona that when you were out with friends and stuff and you turned your phone on to check it it brought you back to that moment right yes it did 
very, very important. You know that phone tower uh, thing that I said? You s- use that um, when you go out for tea. It's a good technique to stack, stack a phone tower up in the middle of the table. It looks pretty colourful because everyone's got different covers and stuff. You know, there's all these little lights blinking and vibrating and things going off. Put them on silent, stack them up, leave them there. Anyone that goes to reach for their phone pays for the whole meal. That works. Okay. Love it. And so this question mark here, and I mentioned about putting that on your um, computer screen. And especially if you send lots of emails, at least if, if one thing you can remember about all of this is don't send emails from this. Okay. Don't communicate in any way verbally, blah, 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 blah. It'll say that will make you say things that you regret. Don't send text messages or instigate phone calls on your mobile because that's told you to. When you turn on your phone to make a call and you've got that telling you, be present, hmm, who's telling me to make the call? What am I reacting to? Because this is full of fear. This is full of disappointment. It's also full of excitement and over-exaggerating. There's a Buddhist term called practice seeing the illusion of what seems real. Practice seeing the illusion of what seems real. And so when you look at your phone, hang on, is it an illusion that I need to make this call to make myself feel better or to bring happiness into someone else's life? Or is it is it real? And you'll find that probably in your average day, 85% of the stuff that you do communication-wise, is actually from here. Yeah, from the mind-noise side of things. So if you cut down 85% of the communication that you're doing, across the board, chatter, texting, emailing, faxing, people still do that, um, smoke signals, whatever you do, you probably find that 85% of it doesn't need to be done. It's of no benefit really to you and it's of no benefit to someone else. It's just this in there running its normal cycle of controlling you. 85% more time back to you, not doing bad communication. That's just one area. And that's why I know when people start practicing being far more mindful, time is huge. Okay, they get it. Yeah, look, the, the implications of everything that you're sharing with us, Dale, are just massive. Um, you know, as I, as I shared in the introduction, there's a couple of small things that you shared with me have not only helped me in my relationships with my children. I'm finding that I'm not losing it as much. I'm keeping calmer. I'm able to communicate better with them. And they're responding to that too. And I've I've started to introduce them to this whole concept. But the other side of that is because I'm now a lot more present in what I'm doing in my work, I'm a lot more productive. And I'm not um, being as easily distracted. Like I was one of these people that had, I mean, I still do have a lot of tabs open on my computer. But I used to find, you know, up until our conversation, I would be flicking from tab to tab to tab to tab. I'd be in the middle of writing a document. Oh, let's quickly check over to Facebook. Oh, what's happening in my inbox? Oh, what's happening in my project management? But now I'm very aware that I need to stay present with the task at hand. And because of that, I'm getting through so much more. So, And I'm sure the implications go even broader than that as well. It's a, it's a great way to practically see the change in your life. Mm does go broader than that because when you have, uh, you know, someone close to you and you're at a funeral and you, you're missing them and you're grieving for, their, for them um, passing away and you're there at that funeral, if you've been practising this, you will truly be there. And this is the times that we need it too. We need to bulletproof ourselves. I mean, I used to be in the army and they used to say in the army, 
train hard, fight easy. But it's very true here. When you're out training in life, at all times of your life, if you can practice being mindful, then when you really, really need it, okay, at times like that, when things are diabolically bad in your life, um, you can call on that training and it will be there and it will see you through. You know, business and everything aside, I found that some of the most amazing moments of my life is when I've been able to keep it together when normally I would have lost it, okay? Because it, if you're around other people, that's sometimes all they need is someone else there that's got it together to stop them from falling apart too. So there are massive repercussions. And I'll leave you on one point. We've all got the opportunity to alleviate suffering for other people around us, okay? And morally, we should at least do that. When we can see that we can stop others suffering, we should do that. We should absolutely make it a commitment and a, and a priority to alleviate other people's suffering. So hands up everyone that says, yes, they should do that, okay? Yeah. hope everyone does. If not, I don't know why you're doing what you're doing because I'm sure that's the case. But if we cannot alleviate people's suffering, we should at least not add to suffering, okay? So sometimes we can't solve everyone's problems, but we should then at that point at least not add to suffering. And, of course, you're not going to add to theirs, but also don't add to your own by feeling that sense of guilt and that sense of powerlessness to, that you can't help someone else. Watch that and let it go because you can know that's a true no, I cannot help. Mm. As you do the true yes, I can. And that's what we want to practice, okay? So at least if, if you can help, help. If you can't, at least not cause suffering to yourself and to others. So that's an important point that, that we can jump on if you like. Yeah, no, thank you for sharing that, Dale. This is Mumpreneur's online must-have resource of the week. You're listening to Fiona Lewis and Dale Elliott from the Mumpreneur's Online podcast. And throughout our podcast today, Dale has shared with us some incredible tools that we can use in order to implement the strategies that he talks about when it comes to being present and connecting with your inner wisdom. So Dale has shared with us the simple strategy of using post-it notes. And on those post-it notes, you can put a couple of very sim simple little symbols or words in order to remind yourself to be present. So, Dale, just can you very quickly recap what we put on those post-it notes? Okay, so on the post-it notes, we want something that's going to jog our memory into becoming present. So a set of eyes that um, you then would be reminded to watch your thoughts. So this is this little inquisitive side of you that's going, hang on, what's going on in my mind? Put them in your bedroom, put them in your car, put them on the TV, put them on your phone. So we had a, a phone screen just like that. Put it on there, take a photo of it, and um, that's a great way to do it. We also had uh, post-it notes, and you can write ones with Become the Watcher on it if you like, um, but we want to make sure that we're watching our mind noise at all times, even when we're doing think simple things like making coffee and when we set the microwave going for a minute or two minutes that we want to watch how present we are during that time when we're off doing other things. Best thing is just to stand still for 30 seconds and become incredibly aware of the moment and the room around you. I know that might be pushing it a bit too much for some busy people there, but, hey, make some sacrifices, people. 
Um, we've got to make sure that we become the watcher of the good times too and go, hey, I am having a good time. I wonder why. Watch the mind noise around you. See how little there is. There's more smiles. There's more deeper conversations and people connecting and really finding that deeper wisdom in their relationships and in their friendships. That's what we want to watch as well. And for a practical um, points of view from working, most of us are connected on the hip with emails and our computers. Get a post-it note with a question mark. Put it in the middle of your computer screen, when you finish watching this, put it on your computer screen and don't take it off until you're present and you're actually going to use your computer to do something with presence. Don't let your computer disturb you, Facebook, Twitter feeds, all the other stuff. Great stuff on the internet, wonderful, but it's most of it's all there to distract us and get us to buy or to be something or to do something that we don't want to do and don't want to be at that time. Someone else is capitalizing from it. So we're going to take control of that. Also, be aware that you don't add suffering to other people by doing that yourselves in your own business. How's that going to work out? Well, from a deeper wisdom, you'll probably find that out. From practicing some of these things, you'll probably find out some better, smarter, well, not smarter, but more wiser ways of doing things. Yeah, okay. beautiful. And Dale, um, uh, just a reminder to anyone that uh, was listening he, Dale did mention that the post-it notes have the bed of glue because there's nothing worse than I did actually try to do what you said and they kept falling off. So now that I know that I actually need that brand, that'll that'll help. If we didn't get a plug for that. Getting <laughs> post. Uh, good on them. You know, look for thousands of years, um, various uh, spiritual teachers and noble men and women have been trying to get people to look beyond their day-to-day surface woes. They've been trying to say to people, it doesn't really, most of the things don't really matter that much. And you don't need them to tell you that. You know this yourself. You know how many years you've spent worrying if you took every worrying moment and added it together. It would literally be years of, of stress and trauma and worry and anxiety. So you know. And most of that stuff wasn't necessary. Most of the stuff was alleviated by when you gave it your full attention, you came up with a, an actual bloody solution. Do you know what one of those are these days? A solution to something? They're very rare. So we've got to take control again. And um, I think, you know, Confucius was talking about these things. Uh, Buddha was talking about these things. Even Jesus Christ was walking around saying to people, Oi, shut your bloody minds up. Just be here for a moment. Mm. Now, I'm not a spiritual person as far as practicing any tr- but I'm really respectful of, of their deeper teachings. I think if Buddha or Confucius had post-it notes, we would be fine because it was, it was the same problem arose. How do we remember to, to watch this? Thank you. Thank you so much, Dale. Wow. Look, ladies or even gentlemen, if you're listening to this podcast, I really hope that you can walk away from this and implement what Dale is talking about. Dale, if people want to get in touch with you and follow more about what you do, uh, how can they do that? I've got a website, daleelliot.com. I'll write it up somewhere on here. Uh, D-A-L-E-E-L-L-I-O-T-T.com. They can find me there. You can jump on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's great. Find me on LinkedIn and add me there. I'm not on Facebook at the moment because I found it very mind noisy for myself and I'm doing a bit of a social experiment. I'm on Google+. And, but, yeah, just jump on my website. Um, my email address is dale at daleelit.com. So if this has helped you at all and you want to contact me straight away, please do add me on Skype. See me online. Say, hey, Dale, I heard Fiona's podcast the other day. Chat, chat, chat. 
and I'll, I'll ask you, how are you going with it? What are some of the ways that you find this really coming into your life? And, and I'll give you some unique take home strategies just purely for yourself. Because I do this with thousands of people a year. If I haven't seen that type of problem before, then you'll make me think about a solution for you from presence and um, I'm, I'm sure it will be pretty good. Okay. Dale, you are an incredibly beautiful and generous man. Thank you so much for sharing that with our community. And I get the feeling that you'll be around in our community for quite some time and I'm so grateful to have met you. Well, I hope so, as long as there's some good wine in there somewhere. I'm sure there is. <laughs> All right, Dale, well, take care and we'll speak to you soon. See you, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Mumpreneurs Online. If you like today's episode, then you'll love all the extra information on our website. Go to mumpreneursonline.com now.